0: Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. Today we're going to do a lot of self-reflection. Is that okay with you? So I'm going to be asking you some different questions throughout this message today for you to just think to yourself. You don't need to answer. You don't need to raise your hand. Certainly don't need to feel guilty, but I'm going to be asking you a few things for you just to think about. We're going to do a lot of self-reflection today, and we're going to touch on a few things that Pastor Sean has gone over in his recent sermon series. Um, Is it called The Walking Dead or is it called the Alive series? I like The Walking Dead because I think that's funny. Um, so we're going to touch on a few things and even, uh, on something that Chad talked about a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to do a little bit of reflection. So the first question I have for you, and I'll give you a couple seconds to ponder is what does it mean to know someone? What does it mean when you say that you know someone and how do you get to know someone? give you a couple of seconds, I'm sure you can think of a few things. First, I want to share with you an example of what it is not to know someone. And the best example that I could think of is something that consumes a lot of my time, admittedly, ashamedly, and that is Facebook. Who has a Facebook? I know, I know who has Facebook, because I'm friends with all of you on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. And when you're friends with somebody on Facebook, being being friends, I mean, that kind of implies that you know them, right? Well, I have a lot of friends on Facebook. This is my Facebook profile. Could A couple of you are up there. <laughs> I have 820 friends on Facebook, to be exact, 820 friends. You think I know and talk to 820 people, but I have 820 friends on Facebook. Now the crazy thing about this is, is that I know so many things about these people. When they post things, they post things all day long, give you constant updates about their lives. You guys know what I'm talking about. You guys, some, most of you, have at least heard of Facebook. Look at Facebook. You get, an, for some people, you get a minute-by-minute minute update of their day. You know what they're doing all day long. You know what they ate for breakfast. I know what their kids look like. I know what their parents look like. I know who they're related to, and some of these people I have never met before in my life, but I know everything about their life. I know exactly what they look like, what their children look like, what they did yesterday, where they got married, when they went on their honeymoon, and then I'll run into this person in public, and we'll see each other, and we'll make eye contact, and then we'll look away. (laughs) We won't definitely won't say hi to each other, because we don't even really know each other. How crazy is that? We know so much about each other's lives, but we don't even speak because we don't even really know each other. Some of these people I do actually know, or I did know at one point. So some of these people I knew in high school, and I was good friends with them in high school, and we spent time together, and and we were friends, but high school was, for me, about 10 years ago now. And since high school, I haven't actually talked to these people. But we're friends on Facebook. I know where they work. I know how many kids they have. I know their marital status. I know lots about them. But again, and it has happened, when we see each other in public, when I run into them at Chick-fil-A, we look at each other and then kind of turn around because it's awkward because we don't really know each other anymore. Has anyone else had that experience? Just me? With my 820 friends, how many of you have more than 820 friends? One. Sold <laughs> you out. <laughs> just one, so I have the most. Okay, all right. I want to tell you a story. There was once a man, and at a very young age, he decided to devote his entire life to God. And so, out of high school, he went to Bible college to study and to learn everything he could about the word. He was very knowledgeable about the things of God, and he could even reveal some of the mysteries of God. He decided not to marry so that he could have ample time for church work and for ministry. He kept busy most days pastoring his large church. When he wasn't writing sermons, he was out praying for the sick, and they often recovered. He was a very eloquent speaker, and moved frequently in his prophetic gifting. People would come from all over to hear him speak or to ask for prayer from him. He was very respected within the church community. He worked and served in the church until the day that he died. Now that sounds like someone who is very admirable, in my opinion. Would you agree? That sounds like someone that I might aspire to be. Someone who seems really committed to the Lord based on the things that he did and what, what he did with his life. Now I want us to look at this verse. And this is in Matthew 7, verses 22 and 23. And Jesus said, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name. And we even performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. I never knew you. But how? How is that even possible? Someone like the man that we just heard about, where they they do all of these things for the Lord, and they work, and they do all the right things, You pray for the sick and they're healed. You prophesy. You do the things that sound right, like you're supposed to. How is it possible that Jesus might still say, but I don't even know you? That seems crazy to me. Now, going back to the first question, what it means to know someone or how you know someone or how you get to know someone, what are some of those things that you thought of? Well, I came up with a little list, just a few things. But in order to know someone, and based on my personal experience and what I shared with you about Facebook, you have to talk to someone to really know them, right? Agreed, that's we can check that one off. You have to you have to talk to them and probably on a somewhat regular basis. Like I said, I knew and used to talk to some of these people years and years ago, but I admit that now I don't really know them anymore. You have to talk to them. You have to spend time with them. You need to listen to what they have to say and learn about them. Although that is not the only criteria because as I said I know a lot about these people's lives. I know a lot about them and this is something that Chad touched on a few weeks ago in his message. You can know about someone. You can know about God, but not really know him. It's still important. We still need to read the word. We still need to hear about him and learn about him. But that can't be the only thing. We need to spend time with him. We need to talk to him. We need to spend time listening. And this is what Pastor Sean was talking about last week, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, taking time to listen, to hear what he has to say, You can't hear him if you don't stop to listen. You can't hear him if you don't spend some time in his presence. So my next question, when is the last time that you talked to God? This is something for you to think about. When is the last time that you talked to God, and I mean really talked to God, not just Say, said grace before your breakfast or, oh Lord, please help me on this test or help me not to smack this person <laughs> or God, help me, I'm sick. Just a quick, you know, flippant passing prayer. But when, When's the last time you really took some time to talk to God and to listen, to spend time with him? Has it been a while? Well, maybe some of you like I did, are starting to realize that maybe, maybe you don't know God as well as you thought you did. Or maybe some of you are realizing that you don't know God at all, really. And I wanna say this right here. I am not condemning you. I am not standing up here telling you that I am better because the only reason that I'm up here talking about this It's because God was talking to me about it first. So I am no better. God, the Holy Spirit, has been revealing this to me and convicting me of this. And I had to realize this, especially this past week, in order to hear the Holy Spirit and, and ask him what he wanted to say to you. I had to stop and I had to take time and listen. And God constantly reminds me of that. So maybe we're realizing that we don't know God as well as we want to, or as well as we thought we did. But what could be the reason? Why, why could that be? I'm sure for most of us, it's not that we are intentionally not talking to God. It's not that we are waking up every morning and saying, nope, not talking to God today. I'm sure for most of us, especially those of us who are Christians, who come to church, That's not our intention, that's not our desire. We want to know God. We have that desire, so what could it be? What is keeping us from taking that time, from spending that time with God, from really knowing him, from really growing? Again, something else that I believe Chad was talking about in his message is that in order to grow, we have to know God. We have to continue to know God. So what could it be? What is is stopping us? Why aren't we progressing here? What the Lord has been dealing with me about is this, this word, the little tiny word in the middle. But I'm sure you can figure it out by looking at all of those pictures, and that's distraction. I believe that one of the greatest tools of the enemy is distraction. Look at some of these pictures and maybe some of you can relate. We have to work out. We have to, we have media, we're on our phones. We have to work, we have children. We need to communicate. (laughs) That's me in the upper right hand corner. Drinking coffee straight from the pot. (laughs) That's a picture of me guys, cartoon drawing. (laughs) We have so much stuff and the enemy will make us so busy and overwhelm us so much with the stuff in our lives and with events and with important things or things that we think are important and he just overwhelms us and distracts us from the thing that matters the most. Things like family. Some of us have spouses, some of us have kids, some of us have a lot of kids. I'm not looking at anyone right now in particular. (laughs) Some of us have a lot of kids that we have to take care of, right? I hope I hope we're taking care of them. Just kidding, we have jobs. We have to work, we have to make money, we have to provide for our families, we have to eat. Some of us like to get manicures, we need to buy clothes, we need to buy cars and pay for houses. Education, in order to work a lot of times, you have to get some education. And you can't just get an education, but you have to get A's on everything, right? Perfect scores. Relationships, if it's not a marriage relationship, it still takes up a lot of time, whether that's a friendship or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, it takes up a lot of time. Then we've got hobbies, things that we like to do, because if we're working hard, some of us want some time to relax, and that's important too. We've got our hobbies, then we've got media, Facebook, TV, cell phones, whatever else. There's like so many social media things, Twitter, Instagram, I don't know. And then we have to look good, We have to exercise and go to the gym. We need, us ladies need to do our makeup, our hair. Some of you, (laughs) I'm getting some amens over here. All right. (laughs) And then our culture. And I think it was so funny. I heard on the radio this week someone talking about our culture and how our culture just loves to make us busy. They love to keep us busy. All we hear about sometimes is, oh, you need to try this, you need to do this, you need to go here, you need to eat at this place, you have to do your makeup this way, you have to exercise this way, you need to do this for your kids, you need to go here, you need to travel there, you need to meet this person. And just by the end of it, you're just like, oh my goodness, I have no time left. My day is filled and I barely had time to breathe. So our culture is constantly pushing things on us and telling us how important these things are. And then there's church. And ministry, and volunteering in ministry. And that's important. And God calls us to do that. But sometimes the enemy just, he just puts another thing in there. And he can use these things that are good and that are necessary as distractions. And he can use these things that are good for something bad. How many of you know that? Because those things that I listed, I don't think any of them are bad. None of them are like sin, right? All of, most of them are actually necessary. You have to work. Most of the time we need education. You need relationships. If you have families, you have to spend time with them. You need to have rest. You need to do some things that you enjoy. All of these things are important. All of these things are necessary, but the enemy can take those things and can overwhelm us with busyness and just pile it on and just and use those things to distract us from knowing God from the thing that matters the most I want to give you an example of of our week because I just again want to emphasize that I have not figured this out perfectly this is just something that God is dealing with me about and I felt led to share this with you So this was this past week. Okay, so Sunday there's church, right? We're doing worship. We're doing the whole thing. Uh, Monday nights we have Adeline has gymnastics. Tuesday I have grad class in the evening. Wednesday I come into the office here, work all day. Then I have grad class again in the evening. And I still have kids, so I have to drop the kids off somewhere to be watched and then go pick them up. So it's a long night. Thursdays we have worship practice. Friday, I think that was like a little bit of a breather catch-up day. Saturday morning, I had worship practice for the women's conference in Oxon Hill, which is like an hour and 15 minutes away. What was I thinking? I don't know. But we had practice. Meanwhile, I still have to grocery shop. I still have to feed people. I still need to clean the house and do the laundry. Oh, Adeline started pre-K too on Thursday. So we have to drop her off and pick her up and get her ready. And I still have to make sure the children are happy and thriving and healthy and getting taking naps and being fed and cleaning up after all of that and doing the dishes and oh and I'm, I have assignments for grad class and they're pretty, it's a lot of work this, this semester, but I have, I have to do that. And I'm supposed to be preparing the sermon for you all today. And if I'm not careful, I can allow the busyness of that To distract me and to get in the way and sometimes when I'm going through all of that I'm going through my week and just trying to get everything done and God just stops me sometimes and he's like hey remember me over here hey why don't you pay attention to me a little bit why don't you stop why don't you listen and again none of those things are bad but if if we're not careful if I'm not careful I can allow myself to be overwhelmed with the busyness of life. And I think, I think it's one of the things that's probably the easiest for the enemy to do. Because again, we think they're so important. And the enemy just throws something else. And we just, like little puppets, we just, we just play along. We just run and do it. And it's not that these things are bad. The problem is, when these things become the center Of our lives. When these things become the center of our affection, when these things become the most important, take up all of our time, take up all of our energy, and our world revolves around these things, and we just fit God in where it's convenient. Sometimes that might just be on a Sunday morning. For some of us, not even. But we sing it about today. Jesus wants to be at the center of our lives. He longs to be at the center of it all. With all of these other things, jobs, family, education, kids, relationships, hobbies, all of these other things revolving around him. That is how God intended it. That is what God is calling us to. That is what he desires from us. And the funny thing is, when we put him at the center, when we remove some of the distractions, and sometimes it's hard, but when we are intentional and we say, okay, I'm laying these things aside for a minute. I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to put him at the center. I'm going to make him first. When we do that, All of these other things follow. When we put him first and we can hear his voice and we can be sensitive to his spirit and hear his direction, he helps us prioritize the rest of our lives. He shows us what is important. He shows us what to put our time and our energy into, what to put our affections on. And you know what I find a lot of times? When I do that, Some of the things that I thought were so important, God shows me that they're not so important and that I don't really need to be focusing my time and my energy on some of those things. Because the Bible says that when we seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness, that all of these other things will be added and that he will make our path straight. When we make him the center, when we put him first in his rightful place, I have to share another scripture with you. And, and this is really the main scripture that I want to share with you today. If you don't hear anything else, if you zoned out the entire time, listen up here. Because this is the most important part, I think. And it's funny, again, because I wasn't even thinking about the scripture in my original preparation. Because I was just going along on my busy week. Thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to talk about this, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that. And I didn't even think about this until I stopped and I listened, and I asked the Holy Spirit to speak to me. And I took some time to just worship him, not even just to seek him for the message, but just to spend some time with him, to just worship. And this popped into my head, into the a story about Jesus going to visit Mary and Martha. And I thought, oh, yeah, that, that's probably a good story. I might reference that one. Um, you know, I'll, I'll put it at the end somewhere. So I, I finished up spending some time with God, and I I went to my computer, and I thought, oh, let me, let me look up the script, I didn't even know where it was, so I had to do a Google search story of Mary, Martha, and Jesus, and I found that it was in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. If you want to open your Bibles or look at your phones, I'll have it up there in a second, but if you want to look and highlight it, um, I do encourage you to at least write it down so that you can go home and look at it later. Um, Because it just, it impacted me so much. And when I read it, I thought, oh my goodness, this is exactly word for word, God, what you have been saying to me, and exactly what I'm trying to convey to all of you. And this then became the central passage of this message. It was the Holy Spirit that put it in my mind, just because I took a little time to stop and listen. But bet you're dying to know what it says, aren't you? <laughs> as Jesus, this is verse 38, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. So I'm gonna stop there. So here's what's happening. Jesus and his disciples coming into town. Martha sees Jesus, hey Jesus, why don't you come to my house for dinner tonight? She's being hospitable. And then her sister, I guess lives nearby, or with her, I'm not sure, comes to dinner also and is sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to Jesus talk. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here? while I do all of the work? Tell her to come and help me. And I thought, Lord, I am Martha. That's me. And it's some of a lot of you, too. I know you're thinking. I'm not pointing fingers, because I'm Martha. I would be distracted. I am distracted so often by all of these things, the preparation, all of these things that I think are important. I'm Martha. And I would be angry if my sister, and she would tell you, if my sister was just sitting there while I did all of the work. it'd be me. Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Did anyone else catch that? Martha, you are distracted and worried about all of these details, all of these things that don't even matter. Feeding Jesus, I would think, would be a little important. But Jesus said, it doesn't even matter. There is only one thing. He said it right there, one thing. Even worth being concerned over. And that was sitting at Jesus' feet. Listening to him, talking to him, worshiping him, spending time with him. He said one thing. And I did look at the context for this story. There is no context. This was the, there's nothing before it about this story. There's nothing after it about the story. It's just kind of put in there. This is the, this is the point. What details are we so distracted by? What are the things in our lives that we're so worried and upset over that we think are so important that we spend all of our time on, that we put all of our energy into? And is it distracting us from the one thing that is worth being concerned about? Knowing God, spending time with him. That's what the Lord's been speaking to me. All of these things that we do are good, good things. Ministry is good. Helping people is good. Music that sounds good is good. (laughs) Those are all good things. Taking care of kids, cleaning the house, those are all good things. Making money, being a good steward. But more than those things, more important than those things, is knowing God, spending time with him. Last question, and I want to ask you at this point to go ahead and close your eyes, and if you want to bow your head, that's fine too. My point in asking you to do that is to minimize distraction, and I just want you to think to yourself, what are the things that matter the most to me? What is the center of my life right now? And it could be more than one thing, What do I spend my time doing? What do I put all of my energy into? What is it? Lord, help us. Help us today to see what is at the center of our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would reveal to us some things that we might need to rearrange. Holy Spirit, we ask that You would be the center of our lives today. And Lord, we know that doesn't mean that we can't do anything else or we don't do these other things, but it just means that all of these other things revolve around you and that they're influenced by you and that we take you to our jobs and we take you throughout our house and our daily chores and you influence us. You influence our decisions and our interactions with people, and you influence our attitudes. And God, we make time with you a priority. God, help us to see that these other things don't matter as much. Help us to see that there's truly only one thing worth being concerned about. It's knowing you, loving you, being led by your spirit. God, when we do that, you cause all of these other things to work together. Help us to make you the center and to truly say that nothing else really matters. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Help us to hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.